0: Visit our website for information on how you can join us for morning prayer. Access previous podcasts of this broadcast, or you can even now access and download this podcast in iTunes. There is also information to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or even sponsor this show. Visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We would love to hear from you.
1: That I find myself revisiting with regularity in my life on a daily basis, weekly, monthly. I don't let many days go by that I don't meditate upon and rehearse and recall to mind the awesome, wonderful, magnificent, unconditional love that God has for me. How I am the object of his affection. If you do not regularly rehearse that knowledge of God's love. Love for you, if you're not careful, you will fall into the stinking thinking that the enemy tries to put in our minds that God has forgotten about you, or that God doesn't care about you, or that God is not concerned about you. But it's contrary to the truth, and contrary to God's nature, and contrary to everything the Word of God says about God toward us. And we take God at his word. The word of God is established forever in the heavens. One of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible is found in 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 1. The writer John begins to proclaim when he get, he gets a revelation of the powerful, awesome, magnificent, matchless perfect love of God and how God has Made him the object of that love and made all of us the object of that love. And John puts pen to paper and begins to describe it like this. He said, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knows us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the Sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him will purify himself, even as God is pure. And in the message translation, it says it this way, what marvelous love the father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called children of God. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously because it has no idea who he is or what he's up to. But friends, that's exactly who we are, children of God. And that's only the beginning. Who knows how we'll end up? What we do know is that when Christ is openly revealed, we will see him. And in seeing him, we will become like him. And all of us who look forward to his coming, stay ready with the glistening purity of Jesus's life as a model for our own. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. Sometimes you just got to take a step back and look at salvation's plan. Look at what the Lord has done for you. Don't get so entrenched into the problems of your life that you lose sight of the awesome, magnificent and marvelous love of God. When you began to look over your life and consider who you are and who God is and where he brought you from and what he has done for you and just how great he has been in your life, you too then can see the compassion behind the words that John penned to paper when he said, behold, I'm amazed. I can't believe it. This is amazing. The manner in which the father has loved us and demonstrated his love toward us. Do you realize that he has called us sons of God? Do you realize that he has taken us off a skid road? He has pulled us up out of the pit of despair. He has rescued us from destruction. He has pulled you from the brink of despair and He has brought you into the kingdom of God. He has washed you and cleansed you. He has purified you and sanctified you. He has put His name upon you and then He has sealed you with this great love. Do you realize that you don't have a right to the kingdom of God, but He has given you the right to the kingdom? He has given you the keys to the kingdom. Do you realize that in and of yourself, you shouldn't be nowhere near the throne of God, but he has bid you come boldly to his throne? Do you realize that if it were based upon your own merit, if it were based upon the name that you carry, if it were based upon the deeds you have done in the flesh, do you realize the reward that you should receive the pay that is due you? He would cast us all quickly into the pit of hell. But instead of giving us what we deserve, he has washed our sins away. He has cleansed us from all unrighteousness. He has set his affection upon us. He has given us his greatest gift in all in that he sent Christ Jesus, his only begotten son to die for us. Do you realize what he has done for us? The writer is saying he has made us sons of God and it is amazing to think that not only only are we sons, but we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Do you realize what the father has done for you? It is amazing. It is astounding. It is unbelievable. It is unfathomable. Behold the manner of love that the father has demonstrated and does demonstrate to us on a daily basis. He gave everything for you and I. He gave everything everything that he might reconcile us back to the cross of Christ. When you think about it, you have to say, this is a marvelous love that God has extended to us. This is a glorious love that God has demonstrated to us. What manner of love is this that God has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God? But that is who we are. We are sons of God indeed And the truth of the matter is, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about it. It doesn't matter what anyone else's opinion of it is. God has made you a son of God. He has grafted you into the kingdom. He has purchased you with his blood and sealed you with his love. He has given you the best that he has when he sent Christ Jesus to die on that cross. And the truth be told, if you don't know, let me let the secret out today. It wasn't just the son of God that came to die for your sins. It was God in the flesh that came to die for your sins. He gave himself a ransom for you in Christ Jesus. The Lord himself, he wrapped himself in a body of flesh and he came through multiple generations to be born of a virgin that he himself might sacrifice for you. What kind of love is this? You have never known a love like this. There is nothing that you have in earth, any relationship you've experienced in earth, none can compare to this wonderful, glorious, perfect love that he has bestowed upon us. So every now and then I like to run back through what God has done for me. I like to rehearse it and remind myself of it. Lest I forget, lest I get crazy and think that God doesn't love me, that God doesn't care for me. All that he went through to redeem you. Do you not know what he went through to redeem you? The sacrifice that he made to redeem you. He that created man was then subject to man. He made himself a ransom for you. He took upon you the sins of the world. He, he was sped on and lied on and, and beat on his back for you. And from Do you realize what he did and went through and suffered for me? and you. He loves us. Oh, how he loves us. The writer of the song said, oh, how he loves us. He loves you and me. It's one of those songs that you learn in Sunday school. I remember riding a Sunday school bus probably at the age of five or six. And I remember they used to sing songs on the Sunday school bus. And one of the very first songs I ever learned on the Sunday school bus, Jesus loves me this I know. For the Bible tells me so. You got to know that Jesus loves you. You got to know the sacrifice he made for you. No matter what other people say to you, you better go with what the Lord has said to you. He doesn't just love in word only, but he loves in deed. It's not just that he says he loves you, but he demonstrates his love to you. He died while you were yet a sinner, while you were an enemy of the cross of Christ while you didn't think too much of him and didn't care too much about him he gave himself a ransom for you in Romans 5 it says but God shows his love to us in that while we were yet sinners enemies of the cross of Christ Christ died for us I mean he didn't wait for you to uh, proclaim your allegiance to him he didn't wait for you to join his side he didn't wait for you to get in his army but while you were spitting on him and lying on him while you were mocking his people and ridiculing his name while you were laughing at those who trusted in him while you said I'm not going to have anything to do with that foolishness while you were enemies of the cross of Christ he was giving himself a ransom for you because of the great magnificent and marvelous love that he has for you this is not a love that is only in word only some people say they love you But when you need them, you can't find them. But this is a love that was demonstrated long before it was proclaimed. He showed you how much he loved you. And then he began to tell you how much he loves you. Oh, how he loves you and me. As a matter of fact, in John 15, John says it like this. There is no greater love that any man has ever demonstrated for anybody than the love that God demonstrated for us in that he laid down his life for his friends. I mean, if you just get right down to it, how much you love your kids is immeasurable. I mean, a parent's love for their children, it's the closest thing probably to unconditional love that we will ever know in the natural, but I'm telling you that it cannot compare to the magnificent love that God has for you. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love, do him. He loved me so much that the writer says that there is no love that can compare. There is no greater love anywhere that has ever been demonstrated between any people than the love that Christ has for you when he showed it to you by laying down his life for you. He gave his life for those who hated him and those who despised him. You know, we make it this thing so difficult to be, saved. You got to jump through a hoop and do a flip. You got to do all these things to get into our club. But the club that Jesus Christ made is real easy to come in. He loved you ere you knew him. And all your love is due him. All you got to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that you believe in this great, magnificent love that he has for you. And if you do these things, then he will come in and sup with you he will be your Lord he loved you when you didn't know him when you didn't like him when you didn't respect him that's why John three sixteen says for God so loved the world if you and I were writing the scripture because of how we think we'd have wrote it differently we would have said God loved the church and when you get right he'll love you and show you how much he loves you but that's not how God works you know we think you gotta get right before you can get to God that is that is a fallacy of the truth of God. You can't get right without God. As a matter of fact, he is the only one that is right. All of our righteousness is as filthy rags. You think you're living good. You think you're living right without God, but you stink in his nostrils. I'm sorry to have to tell you, but you stink in his nostrils. Without God, you are filthy, wretched, and undone, but he loves you anyway, and that's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ he loved the world it wasn't the church folks and the good folks and the righteous folks cause there were no good folks and righteous folks without God he loved the world the filthy wretched undone those on skid row, those in the wallowing in the pig pen those that were wallowing in their own vomit and in their own blood he loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son you act like you can't be touched by those who don't live a righteous life you're not living the way God you're not doing the work of the Lord you gotta go out into the highways and the hedges and the byways and compel them to come in order to compel them you've got to have some interaction with them you gotta go win those folks to the Lord Jesus Christ you're sitting in the four walls of the church waiting on them to come in where are those who are gonna go out and compel them to come in the harvest is ripe but the laborer are few. God needs a few of us to get out of the four walls of the church and go compel them to come. Go remind them that God loves them. Remind them that in their worst estate he is still God and he still loves them. Think about the prodigal son. God was loving him when he was in the pig pen. God was loving him when the Bible said he would have ate what the pigs did eat. God was loving him. He got a revelation that in my fathers house the servants live better than me I'm going to get up and go to my father's house and beg for him to take me in as a hired servant and when he got up and came to himself and went to his father the Bible says that the father which is representative of God in that parable the father got up because he was looking for his son the only way he knew his son was a coming afar off is because he was anticipating that return he was looking for his son. He was waiting for his son. He was longing for his son. He got up and ran to meet. He didn't chug along. He didn't sit on his seat of complacency. He didn't sit in a place of condemnation. He ran to meet his son. He hugged him and fell on him. He didn't wait till they cleaned the filth off of him. He didn't wait till he got the smell of the swine off of him. He ran to his son, embraced his son. And then while his son was trying to apologize and tell him all the wrong he done the father kept interrupting him father i'm sorry father but shut up i gotta throw you a party my son that was dead is now alive my son that was lost is now come home throw him a party, get a white robe, change his garments, and that is what God wants to do to you today. He loves you so much. I don't care what your condition is today. You might have walked away from the kingdom of God. You might have left the love of God that you once knew. You might have never known God. Whatever your condition is today, I came to bring you some good news. He loves you this morning. He loves you more than you love yourself. He loves you more Than your mother and father loves you. He loves you more than your spouse and your children loves you. This is a perfect love. This is an amazing love. This is an unconditional love. This is an everlasting love. He loves you with an everlasting love. And I bid you come to the throne of God this morning, receive this glorious, magnificent, and perfect love. That you might have the testimony that I have today, that millions have today. Oh, how he loves me. What more could he do? He paid a price that I could not pay. Oh, how he loves you and he loves me. could he do? What more could he do? Oh, how he loves you and me. Sometimes we get to thinking that we're doing something special because we love God but the writer made it Real plain for us in first John four and ten. He said, Herein is love. I know you think you've been doing something special cause you love God. You think you going to church is something to put another notch in your hat. You think that's something pretty spectacular because you gave a little bit of your time. But herein is love. Don't get this thing twisted. It's not that we love God. You got a million and one reasons to love God, but herein is love, is that He loves us. And he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That is love. You got a million reasons to love God. But when you were filthy, wretched, and undone, when you were stinking and wallowing in your own filth and blood, he loved you. And Jeremiah said it like this. He said, God has loved you with an everlasting love. It's everlasting. It can't be interrupted. Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation? Distress? persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? No, 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 no. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Christ that loves us. For I am Fully persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able He didn't say they wouldn't try, but they will not be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Oh, how he loves you and me. This is an amazing love. This is a glorious love. This is a magnificent love. And then he commands us to go forth and love one another by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, not because you go to church every Monday, Sunday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, not because you carry a great big Bible, not because you can quote the most scriptures, but by this shall all men know that you are the disciples of God because you love one another and you must love one another above all all things in 1 Peter 4, 8, because love conquers a multitude of sin. The message Bible says it like this. Most of all, love one another like your life depends on it because love makes up for practically anything when you love me the way you're supposed to love me when i love you the way i am supposed to love you i don't keep a track list of every time you messed up because i know the love that i receive on a daily basis from the lord jesus christ when i realized that it could have been me outdoors with no food and no clothes and no shelter over my head but god didn't see fit to let any of these things be but he has set his affection upon me he has washed me and cleansed me by this I know that he favors me because he does not allow my enemies to triumph over me every day of my life he has led me and guided me he has watched over me and even when I thought he wasn't there the angels of the Lord have been encamped around me protecting me and shielding me and bearing me up he has made me the object of his affection we love him because he first loved us. Oh, how he loves you and me. Dear God, help us to ever be mindful of the wondrous love that you have for us. Keep in the forefront of our mind how great your love is toward us, God. And let us, Father, love you so much that we are willing to trust you and take you at your word. And that we are willing, Father, to love one another Deeply and fervently out of a pure heart that we might cover the multitude of sins in our brothers and sisters. Father, we thank you that you have set your affection upon us. I thank you that when we were wallowing in, and dying in our own blood and stinking in our own filthy sin, that you, Father, were not offended at the condition of our life, but you came where we were and covered us with the skirt of your love. You wrapped your arms around as you celebrated us, and you do celebrate us. And we say thank you for this glorious love. Thank you for this magnificent love. Thank you for this everlasting and perfect unconditional love. We thank you, dear God, that you loved us before we knew you. And all of our love is due. I'm not perfect, but he loves me anyway. This loneliness feels. is Christ in yeah.
0: Thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to Twyla Southall and LJ Renee with What Does the Lord Say? For information on this program, on how you can subscribe to or access previous podcasts of this broadcast, visit our website at www.whatdosthelordsay.com Until next time.